Hold on right there, my friend. Uh, that's very interesting and giving you a little bit of background on our featured guest for the evening, Stefan Brockus of Arctos Media and Europa Terra Nostra. A little bit of background on who he is and what his story is, and we'll be back with hey more there, next. Hey, family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Herbs have been used by people since the dawn of time. When Rockefeller introduced allopathic medicine, many herbal remedies fell by the wayside as people put their faith in prescription pills and the world just gets sicker. Here at Heathen Herbs, we look to the past and to nature for answers. We offer tinctures, magnesium skin cream, lip balm, tooth powder, colloidal silver throat spray, and more. Check us out at HeathenHerbs.com. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Reality check. Rampant hacking. Identity theft. Mass surveillance. Defending yourself today is not an option. It's a requirement. Introducing the Conceal Shield Travel Pack from DefenderShield.com. Conceal Shield is cutting-edge wireless blocking technology that eliminates all signals, including EMF, GPS, and RFID. Place cell phones, credit cards, IDs, and other trackable items into the Conceal Shield, and they become totally invisible. Get Conceal Shield now at DefenderShield.com. Use promo code CONCEAL for 10% off. Guard your privacy, secure your data, and protect your health with Conceal Shield. KD Armor raised the standard. Finally, AR-500 steel core body armor that comfortably conforms to the chest and torso. Unique design distributes weight, feeling lighter, increases mobility, and lessens fatigue. Introducing the Combat Quad Bend CQB, a revolutionary plate-forming process that caters to the end user. The CQB is an industry game-changer, a must-have for the ladies. Available now only at KDArmor.com, C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Come and take it. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. You're listening to the Farm Trainers Podcast, Season 5, Episode 8, published on April 26, 2023. This episode, we'll be talking with Steve Moses about training for the instructor. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. This episode is also brought to you by friends at the FTA, the Farm Trainers Association. Visit the website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coach they offer and their competitive pricing. If you're a certified instructor, then you can apply for FTA coverage. And remember, those that listen to the podcast know the secret code to get 10% off on your policy. And that code is FTP10. Enter that at checkout. This episode is brought to you by the LSR Classic Trainer. I use the LSR Classic system in my classroom because it allows me to teach first-time gun owners proper side alignment, proper drawing from a holster, and trigger control without stepping on the range, saving me time and the student money by not firing rounds down range. When the student is ready, they know what to do because of the classroom training. LSR Classic is easy to set up and tear down because all you need is a laptop with a webcam to use it. That allows you to set up anywhere you can take your laptop. The application also works with any laser device from laser cartridges you put in your firearm to dedicate laser trainers. LESR is veteran-owned and operated. 
Find out more information at aliasrapp.com and receive a special 10% discount by using discount code FTP10 at checkout. We bring this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joining Steve Moses from Palisades Training Group. Welcome, Steve. Thanks for coming back on the podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure, Rob. I'm glad to be back. You know, well, you've been on a couple of times before, but I think tonight's topic is uh, rather apropos because as you know, we're getting into a new training season here in 2023, I want to talk about some continuing education areas and you've got a lot of, a lot of experience getting training and I'd like to get some of your input on, you know, different areas that maybe a fire instructor should think about, you know, improving their skills on. Oh, absolutely. Uh, as for me, there's multiple areas in which I need to improve. Uh, I've been doing this now for nearly 30 years. Actually, I started uh, training in 2023 uh, by a, just kind of an unfortunate or in some ways fortunate uh, change in circumstances. I ended up uh, becoming an instructor in uh, 1994. So next year will be my 30th year as a trainer. And during that time, I cannot tell you how many courses I have taken, but I know that it is well over a hundred. And this is excluding, you know, courses that I took as a law enforcement officer. I became a deputy reserve constable in 2001, served until 2020. Uh, At that time, I had sign of a rare uh, opportunity to do some stuff that most reserves didn't do. Uh, I was on the, one of the first members of a multi-precinct special response team. As a result, I did SWAT training, uh, did you know multiple courses, mechanical breaching, shotgun breaching, high-risk entry, hostage rescue, et cetera, and everything. So I got to do a lot of courses there that you know have some relevance to the concealed carrier, but Again, all of that was just supplementing everything else I was doing on the own. So Mm -hmm. I've made it a, 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 I'm one of those persons. I try to take two to four classes a year. I have done that every single year except 2020. I still got in one class in 2020, but what with uh, COVID, uh, then I had a, hernia surgery and then a hip surgery and then we moved and did a lot of other stuff and then uh a lot of the training just shut down mm-hmm. and so as a result uh i wasn't able to do too much but i you know started going back again in 2021 had a real active year last year and uh, i have a relatively active year this year and i will continue doing that as long as i can i do that for multiple reasons uh one of the reasons is that i believe it's good for me uh, I enjoy the challenge of being a student, in, even in classes when maybe I'm not performing to my own capabilities, but more so as a firearms trainer, I believe that it makes me a better teacher and I can convey that information of what I've learned and what I've seen uh, to my students. And, you know, we have a, quite a few students and uh, I, from what I understand, it's beneficial to them. and I'd like to continue doing that. Mm-hmm. What are some of the areas that you look for as far as uh, training? Well, I look for training in uh, areas that I, I'm not competent, I'm not skilled, or I'm not knowledgeable about. Uh, for instance, I, uh, that might be uh, OC. I took an OC instructor course from Chuck Haggard. Uh, let me just kind of look at some of the things I've just done the last couple of years. Uh, in addition to TACCON or tactical conference every year, I did active shooter instructor, OC instructor, force on force instructor, uh, red dot pistol skills instructor. Uh, I did like four of those just instructor classes. And while I would not at that point say, okay, I'm going to add one of those disciplines uh, as a class, I don't feel like I am expert in that in any way. But I am uh, much more capable of not only, you know, acting upon some of that in case I need to, but helping my students along. And we do incorporate some of what we learned in each of our classes. Uh, Primarily, it's going to be in many cases, hey, we're going to familiarize you with this. We're going to let you know how to do it, what's available. And then we're going to tell you about some of these other instructors that you probably need to go uh, take Mm -hmm. classes from. Do you ever find things change? 
either, you know, from instructor to instructor or from year to year when you take classes? Uh, I tell you what, uh, in ref- I'm going to talk about Tom Givens because I started training with Tom Givens in 2000. And uh, I think I did not take a class from him last year. Uh, but otherwise, I took a class from him almost every year, and I'm taking one from him uh, later this year. And uh, Tom Givens' program, uh, I have seen it evolve. Uh, one of the reasons for that is Tom is doing everything that I'm recommending to other people. Tom gets out there and he trains with other people. And as a result, uh, his program develops it. You know, you, you I, okay. This may sound just irreverent. I don't want to say it matures, but his program gets better and better uh, the more that he does that. And I'm still just sometimes just amazed at the information that he can put out. Uh, in regard to do things change, uh, it, it's really changed quite a bit in the uh, firearms or the handgun training uh, discipline. Uh, simply because uh, with the advent of the, uh, the, the, the red dots, uh, we're actually seeing some really high performance shooting techniques taught. I mean, something that gets down really into the deep weeds on how to do things that with much more emphasis on understanding body mechanics and even just kind of the whole mental side. And teaching with guys, or not teaching, but taking classes from guys like Scott Jedlinski and Justin Dial and Mike Green, uh, I find that my shooting is better now than it was 20 years ago when, uh, you know, I was 20 years younger. So, yes, it's it has changed. And for the most part, uh, I think it's for the better. Uh, one exception is, is that. Uh, it seems to be there's more focus on uh, competition shooting, even within the tactical community, that is being the very best shooter possible. And, uh, you know, a lot of people work real hard to get the Range Master Challenge coins or get the Top Gun certification. And so what I see a little bit is I see people that are starting to use uh, handguns that, you know, are basically designed to generate very little recoil. You know, you've got red dots, you've got a muzzle brake, uh, you've got a heavy, uh, you know, uh, you know, tungsten frame or steel frame. Uh, you've got weighted mag pads. And so a big part of it is starting to get a little bit equipment intensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to say that I think that's great if you look at it uh, for what it is, and that's recreational, but in terms of, uh, okay, what are we trying to accomplish? Most farm trainers that I'm associated with do so in a, uh, with the idea of, you know, defensive application. I know that there are a lot of people that do the competition stuff or the recreational stuff. Uh, I simply have not, uh, just as long as we all understand that there's a whole lot more to uh, probably surviving a lethal force encounter than just skills and equipment. Uh, the mental side is very important. And by that token, uh, we're seeing a lot more classes such as, you know, put forth by people like John Hearn, like who, you know, uh, who wins fights, who will survive um, mm-hmm. the successful habits of, you know, I think Daryl Bokey has ones is the successful habits of, you know, uh, gunmen that have prevailed in a lot of events. There's a lot of information out there, and I try to do the best that I can to take advantage of it. And, you know, I spend time uh, looking at that stuff uh, or planning training events almost every day. Yeah, we're, I think we're kind of in the golden age when it comes to a lot of that information because we understand more about the physio- physiology of a shooter, which can really help understanding what the eye see, what the brain, you know, processes and then how the finger kind of reacts to things. But also I think at the same time, um, you know, it's a great opportunity to take training or follow people. Um, in a lot of cases, you know, there people are publishing information, you know, left and right that uh, can get you to start thinking about, okay, maybe I need to think about it differently. Um, one, one of the ones I would go along and recommend highly is Greg Elephants and his uh, weekly newsletter. Um, he's, 
he posts a ton of information out there for free. He's got a Patreon wall for some information, but he the majority of his information is actually published free. And that's where you go along and read what he puts together. It's good. It's good information. And it, it will get you uh, thinking. And then, of course, uh, Greg got his classes for it. And you can you can really kind of brush up because he's a perfect example that from the time his law enforcement career started to now things have uh, changed for, and, you know, started it with revolvers, went to semi-automatics. And now he's back doing, you know, revolver and shotgun courses, which uh, you don't hear a whole lot of, but they're, they're uh, making, making their way back. Uh, yeah. Greg's uh, blog is something that I read. I look for on every Friday and uh, I, I, I didn't mention this, uh, I write content for the Farm Trainers Association. I've written content for CCWSA. Uh, I've been doing that now for CCWSA, I think, for maybe four years. And for the Farm Trainers Association, perhaps for three. And so uh, I run out of ideas. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of material out there. It's just that it's difficult sometimes for me to go and uncover it. And I'm just going to ruthlessly tell you right now, well, I say ruthlessly, that may not be a good term, is that I follow people like Greg. I follow people like Craig Douglas. I follow people like Daryl Bulky. I read their material. And in many instances, not only does I do I learn additional information, it's just, oh, my God, I, I need to get in deeper in this because I can write an article on it. Mm-hmm. And in many of those instances, when I write those articles, I directly reference those people. I don't want to imply in any way that what I'm saying is based upon, you know, my knowledge or my abilities or my experience. But uh, this is out here. Uh, this is something you might want to give some consideration to. And God, even better, here are people you can contact if you want to, you know, kind of further your own knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's one thing I think when it comes to continuing education that you that every farm structure should realize that there's always uh, additional areas that they can uh, they can get educated on. It's either adding to their education or revising their education, un- understanding you know, different ways of helping the student uh, un- understand topics. Uh, you know, there's there's always something they can learn, and that's one thing I would go along and say that. You know, I look forward to every time I, when I take a class every year to try to say, okay, what's that instructor going to do a little differently? You know, what can I, what can I take as far as on delivery or what can I take away from the way that he describes something that'll be better for my students? Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing that I do religiously, Rob, is I listen to podcasts. Uh, I don't listen much to music. Uh, I, I think we, you and I just had a conversation prior about listening to the news was getting us both down. And so to that, I don't watch much television, but when I'm in the road uh, and I'm on the road a fair amount, uh, when I'm in the gym, et cetera, I am listening to podcasts and the podcasts that I listen to are going to be the ones like yours, uh, that Weems guy, uh, off duty, on duty. Uh, there's a couple of others that I'm like going, okay, if I listen here, I can actually learn something that I might have had to take a class from this person in order to get that information. Uh, that's one of the things that, you know, I don't have regrets about, you know, my, my journey through the, uh, you know, the, the defensive uh, firearms. It's just that I have taken a bunch of classes in order to cobble everything together and kind of form what is the way that I shoot. And I think at this time, and my partner and I were talking about this the other day, and I said, you know, it is absolutely possible for someone to learn in five years what we learned in 30. That was mm-hmm. you, just, you, you There were no, there's no video, there's no YouTube, there were no podcasts. Uh, they weren't having conferences uh, like uh, TACCON or people didn't know about that. Uh, ben, there is a world of information out there. I have uh, friends of mine that send me YouTube videos. Like I had one uh, the other day that sent me one on a Ben Stoger one about, okay, how tension can kill your game. And I'm like going, you know, 
there's people out there that watch those things and they will share it with you. Uh, it's not that I go and I, you know, go through YouTube trying to find that stuff, but there's a lot of people that do. And uh, you know what, if you've got the time, uh, I think that's probably a better investment uh, than, you know, watching TV or, you mm-hmm. know, doing some of these other things. Yeah. Well, the thing is, thing that's great with podcasts and YouTube also that I like is you can, you can listen to it. And if mm-hmm. for some reason it doesn't apply to you anymore, it doesn't live up to what you want to get out of it. You just go on to the next one and it's not like you're not wasting time and you're able to consume a ton of relevant content for you without having to go through all the, all, all the static of, you know, listen to listening to uh, something you're not interested in. And that's one of the, you know, I think makes it a golden age of information right now that you can find all this information, weed through what you want, what you don't want. And uh, as you said, compress 30 years down into five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, and, and by the same token, I saw a lot of things during those 30 years that you aren't going to see in those five years. You know, sometimes that's the difference mm-hmm. between, you know, a, a man that's very good who's been in the job for 30 years and a man that's very good in the job for 10 years. In a lot of instances, there's just a very small difference in their ability to perform or an understanding of what's going on, but there are still things that the guy that's been it for the long term have seen that the other person uh, never will or has not. And so, uh, by the same token, there's a lot of farm trainers like Dave Spalding and uh, Tom and some of the you know the older farm trainers uh, that have been around that have seen a lot. And uh, in a lot of businesses, uh, they will be able to explain to you. Uh, okay, how this thing may turn out this way or explain to you, hey, I was there and this is what I saw and this is what you might anticipate seeing. And, you know, there's an old saying that the cheapest and safest knowledge is always going to come from uh, extremely good indirect experience as opposed to direct experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because with indirect experience, you can get a large variety of uh, information that you know, comes from different people from in different places at different times where with direct experience, it's just limited to what you've seen. And in a lot of instances, uh, and I've seen this with a few of my friends that are law enforcement is a, a tendency to view everything from the lens that they operate on. And sometimes I'm like going, well, yeah, as a concealed carrier, you can't do this. Or as a concealed carrier, you can, uh, as a concealed carry you don't want to take this guy's advice. And as a law enforcement officer, you don't want to take this advice. You're operating in two different worlds. Mm -hmm. And we all need to understand that, you know, how we view things and see things may not be appropriate for, for other people. Yeah. That's, that's one thing where, um, you know, I know I've spent a lot of time in my classes, instructor classes, particularly getting the, you know, retired law enforcement or the retired military and getting them to understand that the rules for engagement, the, you know, the policy is different than what they, one, than what they went through in the academy or went through or, you know, what they retired from. And they've got to kind of do the mind shift to say, okay, I just can't run up and tackle somebody and, you know, put them under arrest. I've got to go along and, you know, have an articulable, you know, threat on why I did whatever my uh, actions are, you know, and those are, that's a different mindset shift. And even for instructors, we've got to understand, you know, what those shifts are and be ready to help those people between those mind shifts and be able to explain it to them. I think that's real important. And in a lot of instances, I'm not sure people really delve into the, the, uh, the laws of self-defense and how they apply and how they can get you in trouble. And I have been incredibly blessed to uh, participated in a number of podcasts with uh, Sean Vincent and Don West, the In Self-Defense podcast. And those two guys uh, between them have a world of experience, you know, dealing with cases in which a client of theirs or was involved in a defensive shooting or some other use of force. Uh, and all of them, uh, it came out good for the uh, for the client and others. It was like, okay, we do the best we can because everyone is, uh, you know, entitled to, uh, you know, a, a, a good self-defense. Uh, by the same token, 
uh, they've kind of used me as sort of the tactical color man in that I can sometimes, you know, okay, I've got a little bit of insight perhaps into what maybe could have been done or maybe how people were perceiving this. Uh, in, in some instances, you know, there's some things that I know about, you know, uh, handgun, rifle and shotgun uh, projectile performance and also the skills and ability and uh, what people, you know, for the most part, uh, really do know about how handguns and such and how skilled or unskilled they are. Mm -hmm. And uh, I sit there for the most part and wait for a question. I'll sometimes interject, but I have learned an incredible amount of listening to those podcasts. And I, so I recommend to other people, you know, yeah, everything doesn't have to be about shooting or, you know, uh, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or something like that. Listen to some of these things because you can absolutely get yourself in trouble much easier than you think. And one of the things that we always do on those cases is we always make sure that there is a lessons learned for concealed carriers and armed homeowners portion so that we can make maybe some, you know, some some concrete uh, recommendations about maybe you should take this into consideration. And in many instances, people that have done that, uh, they've had a far more favorable outcome than those that had no plan and just simply reacted to the circumstances as they were presented to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's uh, one of the things I think is a you know, good topic area for instructors to think about because the law, the law is uh, shifting sands on a constant basis. And that's where, you know, we were talking about trying to change people's um, attitudes around, but we also need to, you know, we're not law, we're not lawyers, but we need to still go along and have a good understanding as laws change. What does permitless carry constitutional carry mean versus, you know, what, what the different uh, parts, parts of the law mean, because we're going to be a voice for our students to go along and help them understand why they need to become and stay educated on the law as it changes, you know, every year from legislature, legislature, even, you know, from state to state. You know, uh, that and also I think it's really uh, incumbent upon us to realize that these people are coming to us for information and uh, they may very well rely on what they learn from us when they find themselves in a uh, you know a situation where basically maybe they were, uh, you know, they were they were about to be attacked, thought they were going to be attacked or they had to use their skills because when that happens, uh, everything that's going to happen maybe for anywhere for the next, you know, few months to the rest of their lifetime is that uh, there's some question is how that's going to go. And uh, much of how that goes is going to be based upon the actions upon other people, some of which they don't know. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important, you know, to understand all of these ways that we can avoid conflict, uh, how we can perhaps uh, take actions that, uh, you know, gets us out of the situation. Or if there's some question as to the intent of the person, it kind of uh, disambiguates the situation, if that's a word. Uh, so that, OK, yeah, I know I'm justified in doing this or I should be justified in doing this and then I can respond properly. And that respond properly means I need to do something that basically and looked at through the, you know, the lens of the legal system could be argued in my favor that was lawful as opposed to, well, I just pulled this guy, a gun on this guy and I pointed at him and I was scared. I can't even really articulate to why you, uh, why that was the case. I do know that the largest number of claims for CCW safe come from, uh, from uh, members that have been charged with either brandishing or aggravated assault for uh, threatening another person uh, with a firearm, putting them in fear of their life when the circumstances may not have warranted that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where um, you know, you're you talking about podcasts to listen to or books to read type of thing. Um, Andrew Broncos, Law of Self-Defense. I still recommend that to people and to catch um, Andrew on, on his uh, website and such, because he's always putting out great information uh, there to really not only go along and uh, educate you on what legal self-defense looks and sounds like, but how to go along and, and, and 
understand that just because you do everything right doesn't mean you're not going to be arrested. Just because you're, you know, did everything right doesn't mean that you may may not have to retain legal counsel and do those types of things. And that's where, you know, companies like CCW Safe come in because there might be an alternative motive why the prosecutor wants to prosecute you. And it's no no fault of your own, but you need somebody in your corner that understands the legal system as well as the prosecutor does to go along and point out that, hey, you probably don't want to prosecute them. And, hey, we've got this and we've got and we've got this going for us. And maybe, you know, after the election, the prosecutor will drop it. But in the in the meantime, between now and then, the prosecutor may be trying to go along, and get some political points from uh, your case just because it sounds good. Oh, absolutely. I think we saw that with the Stephen Maddox case, Mm -hmm. where basically that was one of the most, in my opinion, unjustified, you know, uh, handling of a perfectly defensive shooting. It it doesn't get any cleaner than that. And uh, as I understand, by the time that CCW Safe was done with that case, uh, I believe the costs on that were in excess of 300,000. I believe they paid bail. The amount of bail they paid alone was 50,000. I also understand, I think in that case, if not that case, some other cases, that the expert witness costs were greater than the the legal costs. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you really need, in my opinion, to have coverage similar to that. But by the same token, uh, people go, okay, well, I tell you what, they won that case. Well, uh, the problem was that for two years, uh, Stephen Maddox did not know what the outcome was going to be. Mm-hmm. I believe that he lost his job. Uh, I, I, I know they received a bunch of negative media. Yep. I don't know if death threats, but I mean, there were two years. Two years of, of his life. Losing his job. His he got divorced he, over it. It's, he, uh, won't get, he won't get it back. Yep. He won't exactly. get it back. Go ahead, sir. And, and and if anybody's uh, interested in uh, wanting to hear the whole story from Stephen Maddox, you can go on the CCW uh, Safe podcast, and they have the full discussion about what went on and where the miscarriage of justice uh, really kind of occurred with. And they CCW Safe is also the only company that has had a capital murder trial, meaning that they actually had a trial for one of their um, for one of their members and Stephen Maddox, and he was uh, acquitted of all charges. Once, once they got the expert witnesses, once they got all the forensic evidence, everything went in there and they kind of, they've got things aligned and, and presented their story. And it kind of just shot the prosecutor's story, you know, right, right out of the way. So it was, he was found innocent. So they're the only company with it. And uh, one of the things that I think contributed to their ability to do that was the fact that Stephen Maddox really made some pretty good decisions in the way that he handled it. He tried to disengage from the circumstances, I think, on two separate occasions. Uh, He did everything he could in order to not have to use lethal force in order to defend himself. And uh, by doing all of that, even though still paid a, you know, he paid a big price for it. Uh, that's why the outcome was successful. And that's one thing that, you know, a lot of people say, well, uh, I need to have, uh, you know, concealed carry insurance or concealed carry legal liability coverage in case I get in a shooting. Well, it's, it's not like the same thing as if I have insurance for my car in case I get into a wreck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there it's a whole different thing. That's pretty much all financial. Uh, this very much could very well end up with you uh, basically paying great legal costs, uh, going bankrupt, and uh, maybe basically, you know, being convicted of a, of a felony and incarcerated for a lengthy time period. And then when you come out, you don't have anything and you don't really have a means of making a good living possibly for the rest of your life. And that's that's pretty grim the way I look at it. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, you know, really good, um, reason for making sure you've got coverage for it. Because even as I go along and tell my students, uh, when we're talking about, you know, coverage and such is you want to do everything you can to avoid the situation. So you don't get, don't get put in that situation, but you also have to be ready to spend the night in jail, go through 
two years worth of agony, uh, trying to prove your innocence so that you can be there for your family still. And as long as you've got that mindset that you're not afraid of, you know, spending a couple nights in jail, you're happy that you're alive and you did what you had to do and you knew that you were doing it legally, then, um, you know, at the end of two years, things will be in your favor, but you've got to have that mindset going in just like Steven Maddox, you know, he had the right mindset, but it still cost him two years of his life and he's getting it back together, which is uh, good to hear. But it's one of those things to where it's, uh, it's not as simple as uh, having a, a fender bender to where you exchange insurance information. And then 60 days later, your car is fixed, their car is uh, fixed and life goes on. Which kind of brings me back full cycle to what we talked about in terms of continuing education, because the more educated and knowledgeable and even skilled that you are, I believe the chances are less that you're going to find yourself in such a situation. If you do find yourself in a situation, I think you're more able to make good decisions. Uh, you should, by that time, have a plan in place that if this happens, I'm going to respond with this, with the understanding that how that person responds means I may need to stop doing what I'm doing. And if nothing else, and I need to defend myself and stop this guy or these guys right now, I have the skills to do so. And even more so, Rob, uh, I have the confidence in my competence that I can do that, which in a lot of instances buys me time. And, uh, you know, with time, maybe I can gain distance, which buys me more time. Uh, that gives me more options. So anything and everything I can do to always kind of stay ahead of this, uh, that's something I'm going to strive for. And I think by continuously taking these classes, uh, especially, too, in terms of farm proficiency classes and making sure that, yeah, I can still shoot like I used to or I know what my limitations are and what I can and can't do. I think mm -hmm. all of this is, is vitally important. Yep, exactly. Wait, one last thing I wanted to uh, uh, talk to you about. What's your thoughts on uh, first aid training? Uh, I am a huge advocate of first aid training. Uh, I've taken uh, multiple courses. I took one in 2022 from Greg Elifritz. I uh, actually, my company, Palisade Training Group, uh, we just added a new instructor who is a stop the bleed instructor that will be teaching first aid courses in our church security leader instructor development course. I, I think they're critical. And as a matter of fact, you and I were even having a conversation uh, before the podcast started mm -hmm. about, you know, uh, the development of, uh, you know, superior first aid equipment. We even talked about, or I even showed you uh, the, the snake staff tourniquet, which is a little tourniquet that's very much like a, a cat tea tourniquet, but about uh, half the size, maybe two thirds the size. And uh, I am a huge believer of it. I typically carry with me uh, every day uh, a small tourniquet, uh, a chest seal, and I carry with me a SWAT bandage or SWAT tourniquet. It could be used as a tourniquet for children, but what it works really good is that when combined with an article of clothing, it makes a really effective pressure dressing. Mm -hmm. So uh, you could very much say I'm an advocate of it. And the other time, I, other thing I would have to say is I've been uh, in a couple of instances where I had to apply uh, first aid skills uh, to another person, including uh, one that had been injured in a training accident uh, and uh, having not only the skills and uh, the knowledge and the, uh, the equipment, uh, I was able to address that and address it very quickly without kind of going into a vapor lock of, oh man, what am I supposed to do? What am I gonna do now? And a big part of it was based upon a Caleb Causey class and I uh, knew exactly what I needed to do. Uh, I knew who to contact on the way when I was taking the person to the hospital. Uh, I'm a huge, huge advocate of it. Uh, one of the things that my wife does that just scares the, <laughs> scares me to death is that uh, she likes to build uh, Halloween and uh, Christmas and Easter uh, decorations out of plywood with a saw, power saw. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just terrified. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I've just told her 
as I said, do not do that with me gone from home. And she's going to probably see this podcast. And I also keep tourniquets, and <laughs> pressure dressings, <laughs> and all that stuff in my living room in case I have to do something. Uh, matter of fact, since I always have, uh, you know, I do quite a bit of farms training, I actually keep two uh, what we might refer to as blowout kits in my automobile. Uh, you know, as much as any reason, I may come upon an accident where there's multiple, uh, multiple victims. So I'm kind of that, you know, believer that, you know, uh, two is one and one is none. Mm-hmm. So that's my long winded way of saying, yes, I, 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 I I absolutely, and I'm an advocate of taking, you know, good medical skill, uh, you know, medical uh, classes and everything. And uh, I hope to take another one, uh, you know, maybe sometime later this year, certainly in 2024. Yeah. um, You know, we talk a lot about, you know, firearm skills and making sure we stay, you know, we know our limitations there, but it's also one of those things when it comes to the, on the first aid side of things, Um, we want to know make sure we're doing it properly, make sure that we know our limitations and also realize, um, you know, just like in your case, that we're probably a lot more likely needing first aid skill than we'll ever need to know have the firearms. Now, you know, we want to make sure we're skilled in the firearms because when we need it, we need it. But also at the same time, when it comes to uh, first aid skills, uh, somebody could have an accident in the house. You could have an accident driving someplace. Um, you could see somebody have an accident, or it could be on the range, and that's where uh, one of those things. Uh, it's never uh, it, it never uh, will will fail you if you've got the training there when it comes to you know knowing what what the proper thing to do first aid. Uh, Rob, one of my best friends' mother, uh, he was over at her house when she tripped uh, on uh, the back porch of her home. And she had a wine glass in her hand. When she tripped, she not only broke her ankle, she severed uh, a large artery in her wrist. And uh, she would have, had she been there alone, uh, he would have died. He immediately, he, he's, he's a police officer, or he's a lawman. Uh, he grabbed her wrist with one hand, applied pressure, and called 911 with the other uh, he said that, uh, I'm in the backyard, have the fire department when they come, just, you know, break, there's a padlock, cut the padlock at which time, uh, the 911 said, well, can't you just get up and let them in? And he goes, no, my mother's here. I'm holding her wrist and she's bleeding to death. And he mm-hmm. literally said that when the fireman got there, put a tourniquet on her, they literally had to pry his fingers off of her wrist because it just basically had welded itself to her. And so Mm -hmm. I'd be, had that, had she not, had he not been there, uh, she'd be dead and stuff like that happens all the time. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good, good information there. Great information for people to consider, to think about what they're going to do for their training in 2023 and beyond. But hey, Steve, we've been asking all our guests this year a special question, and that is, do you have a a place, an event, or or a class that you think 2A people should uh, do or see that you know helps them to appreciate the Second Amendment more uh, more and more every day? Uh, well, let me just go ahead and and talk about a place. Of course, uh, I've been in Texas now for uh, about thirty years. Uh, that would be the Alamo. You know, that's where a big part of the uh, state of Texas was born. Uh, that was a, uh, a, a, a really, really incredible event when a small number of uh, armed Texans held off a much larger army for a long time, uh, probably was incidental and maybe uh, winning the war with Mexico and eventually, you know, Sam Houston and his army uh, having that battle in which uh, Santa Ana was captured and uh, Texas was basically granted its freedom. So for me, uh, I don't travel that much. There are some places I want to see, but you know what? Uh, I've always kind of been a big fan of the Alamo. I have indeed uh, toured it. It's, It's amazing. You know, just seeing that and envisioning what must have taken place. 
uh, I think I saw a uh, movie. It's a relatively old movie, I believe. Uh, golly, what's his name? A Ronnie Howard, a Ronnie Howard movie, The Alamo. And uh, that was a, you know, when you kind of get a sense of what that was like, whether you think that was glorified or not, that was just an epic thing in which many people found something that was worth dying for. And they know, they, they willingly uh, put themselves in a position where they sac them, sacrificed themselves for the, the good of their families and other people. So that would probably be my choice. Yeah, that's a, that's a great uh, choice. I think uh, when you go along and think about what that all meant to the country and to uh, Texas as a whole and uh, yeah, great, great, uh, great suggestion there. Well, Steve, where can people find more information out about the classes you're teaching and the articles that you're you're writing? Okay, well, uh, my website is uh, Palis. Uh, my company is Palisade Training Group LLC. Our website is www.ptgtrainingllc.com. Uh, I can be contacted at Steve underscore Moses at msn.com. Uh, I'm also the customer support, or actually I'm one of the main customer support representatives for the Farm Trainers Association. Farm Trainers Association is uh, www.ftaprotect.com. Uh, I can be reached there and uh, ccwsafe.com. Uh, that's where a number of my articles are written. I, I'd have to go back and look, but I probably have maybe close to a hundred published articles that uh, I have written. And uh, these articles, uh, some of them come from my perspective and my experience. A lot of them come from my having, uh, you know, interaction or interviews with uh, other people that uh, know more about certain things than I do, or just, you know, what have a wonderful perspective. So uh, I'm also in, uh, featured in a number of the uh, In Self-Defense podcasts with Sean, uh, Sean Vincent and Don West. For people that don't know who Don was, Don defended George Zimmerman in the uh, Trayvon Martin case. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good information in there. And I'm only one of the content contributors. There's also some really good stuff that's been done from a lot of other people that are very, very good in their field. And I'm working on having Don come on the podcast also. So our listeners, hopefully sometime uh, later this summer, we'll be, we'll be able to uh, hear Don West and uh, we'll speak about some, uh, some of the very important things about self-defense. So I won't spoil uh, the surprise. Uh, he is super knowledgeable, just a really refined gentleman. Uh, man, I love working with Don. I've done it now for a couple of years and you know what? I actually, I probably do something with them every couple of weeks. So it's also almost like I'm just visiting with some old friends. Mm -hmm. I understand. I understand. Well, Steve, again, thank you for coming on. Um, always a wealth of knowledge. And I think we give our listeners some great information to think about how they can go along, become a better instructor and, and educate their students just a little bit better this year than they did last year. So thank you for your time. Uh, once again, thank you for bringing me back. That's a wrap for this episode. I hope you found my conversation with Steve uh, worthwhile and you put a few additional classes or instructors on your list of people to uh, train with this year or next year to make yourself a little better instructor than what you were yesterday. Do you have a topic or suggestion for somebody I should have on the podcast? Email me at ftp at concealedcarry.com. Also check out the other Concealed Carry uh, podcast, the off-duty, on-duty, and also the original Concealed Carry uh, podcast. Also, join us out in Oklahoma City on September 15th through the 17th of September for the Guardian Conference. Great time to go along, meet a lot of the guests that we've had on this podcast previously, network with fellow uh, enthusiasts, and also go along and improve your uh, instruction and your uh, skill level, too. So, great time to be out there for the Guardian Conference, September 15th through the 17th. Leave us comments on our Facebook page or on our website at farmtrainerpodcast.com. Also remember, on our website, you can go along and search for those previous episodes if you're looking for a specific topic on marketing, specifically on uh, engaging other communities, or if you want to look for a specific uh, guest that we've had on previously. 
Visit our sponsors, especially the Firearm Trainer Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. You've listened to the podcast this far, so it's simple. Just go along, go over to their website, check them out, and use discount code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. We bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the public health service at the time. And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com.